Welcome to the Not Old Better Show. I'm Paul Vogelzang, and this is episode number 527. As part of our Smithsonian Associates Inside Science interview series, today's guest is Rebecca Albright. Rebecca Albright is the coral reef biologist and assistant curator of invertebrate zoology and Patterson scholar at the California Academy of Science. Smithsonian Associate Rebecca Albright is our guest today, and Rebecca Albright will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associate Inside Science program April 15th, 2021. The title of Rebecca Albright's presentation is Coral Reefs, Creative Solutions for Oceans in Crisis. While they cover less than 1% of the ocean floor, coral reefs support approximately one quarter of marine biodiversity with the livelihoods of tens of millions of people worldwide. As the world continues to warm and the oceans acidify, coral reef bleaching and erosion are advancing at staggering rates, threatening coastal protection, habitats, cultural services, and tourism. There is no question that today's reefs are facing unprecedented struggle. Our guest today, coral reef biologist Rebecca Albright, assistant curator of invertebrate zoology and Patterson scholar at the California Academy of Science, talks to us today about the opportunities for exciting new ways to address this crisis. Rebecca Albright and I discuss her overview of challenges that reefs are currently facing and solutions that scientists are exploring. Looking toward the future, Rebecca Albright will offer highlights of the strengths and limitations of current approaches and some of the next steps towards saving these invaluable ecosystems. On a positive note, Rebecca Albright stresses the important roles of scientists, citizens, and policymakers in the efforts to sustain coral reefs, saying coral reefs are unbelievably resilient ecosystems if we give them a chance. Please join me in welcoming to the Smithsonian Associates Inside Science interview series from the Not Old Better Show scientist, Rebecca Albright. Rebecca Albright, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for having me. I'm, I'm very happy to be here. I'm happy to talk to you too. I think this is just going to be a, a just a really fascinating subject. I know our audience is going to be very interested in it. You're going to be speaking at the Smithsonian Associates Program Thursday, April 15th. The title of your talk is Coral Reefs, Creative Solutions for Oceans in Crisis. I'd like to start with just maybe having you tell us briefly about your upcoming Smithsonian Associates presentation, and in particular, how how you plan to use Zoom, because we're all on Zoom these days, uh, how, how you plan to use Zoom to engage our audience. Yeah, absolutely. So the talk will be focusing very briefly at the beginning, kind of on the current challenges facing coral reefs globally and the, the kind of global crisis that they're currently facing. Um, but I'm going to give a very brief overview of that. And we don't want to really linger there too long because it can get rather depressing. And, and what I want to try to shift to and focus on is a broad overview of all of the wealth of solutions, solutions-focused research that's currently ongoing to bolster reef resilience. So there's so much attention right now in the media and over the last three to five years about the dismal state of reefs worldwide. And one of the things that I'm trying to bring more awareness to and, and communicate to the public is the wealth of innovative and creative interventions that are, that are being explored worldwide, both in the hopes of creating awareness and support for scientists, but also just to generate hope and optimism amongst the general public. You know, with, with the caveat of not creating a sense of, of false hope, like we need to 
understand and appreciate the gravity of the situation, but then switch towards what's currently trying, what, what, how we're trying to address it. Um, so we'll go into a broad overview of all the different creative, innovative solutions that are being explored worldwide. And then we're going to kind of dig a little bit deeper into the California Academy of Sciences Hope for Reese initiative and where our niche and our angle for addressing this crisis is, and specifically some of the, the work that my lab's doing at the Academy of Sciences in San Francisco to try to spawn corals in captivity and facilitate um, reproduction and restoration and things like that. Um, so through Zoom, you know, it's hard a little bit these days to make it more personal, but I do have some what I think are really fun and exciting video clips of field work and spawning in the lab and those types of little teasers in the middle of San Francisco to um, try to engage everyone a little bit more and make them feel like they're part of, of mm-hmm. this process. That's great. Thank you. I, I, I just I think this sounds it's it's an important presentation. I, I just think the subject is going to be fascinating and I hate to dwell on the negative, too, but in my research of you, I noticed that you do, you do talk a little bit about this subject of acidification. I think I, is that, I'm pronouncing that properly. And, and maybe maybe tell our audience a little bit about why that is such a challenge and, and, and maybe how that is maybe slightly different than climate change and warming as, as one of the challenges kind of facing coral reefs? Yeah, absolutely. So the, big, the biggest two global stressors right now that are facing coral reefs are both linked to climate change. So we have global warming, obviously related to the warming of sea surface temperatures, um, inducing a stress on corals. And then we have ocean acidification. And that's one of my areas of expertise. And ocean acidification um, doesn't have to do with temperature changes, but it has to do with actual chemical changes that occur in the surface waters of the ocean. So we have over 70% of the earth that's covered by water. And when we're emitting carbon dioxide and various greenhouse gases into the atmosphere, just by gas exchange over that 70% of the earth that's covered with water, you get gas, CO2, that will slowly dissolve into the surface layers of the ocean. And that actually does us a huge service by pulling greenhouse gases out of the atmosphere so that we're not experiencing more warming than we would like. Um, But it's not without consequence. And so what happens are these chemical shifts in in, um, what we call carbonate chemistry of those surface waters that really heavily influence the biology and physiology of a a wide range of of marine critters. So we see um, subtle decreases in pH over time. So it's been estimated that the pH of the or the acidity of the um, surface waters of the oceans has increased by about 30% over the last 100 years. Um, And there are shifts in certain carbonate ions that are really important to animals that secrete calcium carbonate shells um, or skeletons like corals and a lot of different marine invertebrates like crustaceans, lobsters, crabs, a lot of different commercially important species. Um, The two main ways, biggest ways right now that ocean acidification is influencing corals is by impeding calcification and growth and by impeding reproduction. And these are the two main recovery processes that occur in any system. When any system or any species is affected by a stressor, the way that that species or system is going to recover is by growth and reproduction. And so when you have um, 
a stressor like ocean acidification that's impeding those those recovery processes, it just lengthens that recovery window and makes it much harder for that system to gain traction. Um, so what we're seeing is these warming events that cause mass bleaching and then the recovery window because of ocean acidification is being prolonged. Are we at a point where we are so impacting the marine biodiversity that that we're not going to be able to come back. Maybe give us a little bit of good news because I read too that the livelihoods of tens of millions of people worldwide are impacted by this and and it, it can't be just all fishing, right? Right. So coral reefs provide us with a wide range of ecosystem services, and these are valued upwards of almost $400 billion per year. Um, some of those services, like you say, are fishing. So coral reefs do provide the primary protein and food source for hundreds of millions of people around the world. Um, they also provide coastal infrastructure and protection um, that's estimated at if you have there have been studies that have shown that if you have as little as five square meters of intact coral reef along a coastline it can dissipate 97 percent of wave energy so you can imagine that you have you know a tropical cyclone or a storm that's building intensity as it moves across the ocean um, waters. And then as it approaches a coastline, it's going to slam into that coral reef first before it hits the actual coast and damage infrastructure and human lives. Um, and it, again, estimated that it dissipates up to 97% of that um, that wave energy and intensity. And so in areas when we've had catastrophic storms in the past um, in Thailand and in other areas, there have been studies that have shown where coral reefs may have been dredged out for shrimp farming or aquaculture purposes or other, you know, commercial applications that the, the um, damage to both human lives and to infrastructure was much more intense in those areas than in areas that had intact protective coastlines because of their coral reefs. So we have um, direct food and protein supply. We have, uh, coastal infrastructure protection. It really is a, a human security issue. Um, we also have uh, coral reefs providing us with economic benefits from tourism, the tourism industry that are valued at millions or billions of dollars per year um, from people who love to vacation on coral reefs and go diving and snorkeling and just visit these beautiful tropical locations. And if you roll up all of those different ecosystem services, it's, it is valued at around $375 billion per year. We are with Rebecca Albright. Rebecca Albright will be speaking at Smithsonian Associates Thursday, April 15th. So coming up here, the title of Rebecca Albright's presentation is Coral Reefs, Creative Solutions for Oceans in Crisis. Rebecca Albright, one of the things that I've read, uh, one of your quotes that I, I liked so much is you, you say, coral reefs are unbelievably resilient ecosystems if we give them a chance. Tell us about that. What what chance do we need to give them? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, there have been case studies and examples time and time again, where if you remove stressors from reefs, they have the capacity to recover. And that recovery, you know, we estimate that it takes a reef from a mass bleaching event, for example, or some sort of devastating event around 10 to 15 years to recover. But if you leave the system alone, you remove the stressor, they can recover. And so there have been, you know, very extreme examples, like in the Marshall Islands and a few other sites in the Pacific Ocean where we conducted nuclear testing in the late 
countries in the 50s and actually tested nuclear weapons by trying to shoot them into the middle of um, coral reef atolls with, you know, devastating consequences just from physical damage on the coral reef. You can imagine radiation, all of those different things. And and once the reef was, was shut off and protected and stressors were removed, you can go back to those locations now and see reefs that are teeming with life and biodiversity. There are numerous uh, examples worldwide where we have chosen to implement marine protected areas or MPAs and actually enforce those marine protected areas to remove water quality stressors and overfishing and tourism impacts. And reef recovery takes place in those systems. You'll start to see return of larger fish species. You'll start to see recruitment, reproduction in those areas. Um, There's even areas in the Philippines that were devastated by bleaching events, you know, less than 10 years ago that have seen unprecedented rates of recovery. Um, So, you know, part of what facilitates these recovery and their incredible resilience is the fact that these systems are so biodiverse. They're diverse genetically and they have incredible species diversity. They're very complex systems. We call them the rainforests of the sea. Um, And it's that we know that that diversity fosters resilience um, because not all species and not all genotypes are affected equally by stressors. So um, yeah, I, I firmly do believe that these systems, because they're so diverse, are incredibly resilient. It's really on us as to whether we choose to remove the stressors and leave them alone and give them that that kind of breathing room and chance that they need in order to come back to a stable and healthy and thriving ecosystem. I like that. It, it's on us. So, you know, aside from the bleaching events and acidification, what 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 are some of the things that our audience can get involved with to, to actually help here, help you, help this effort? Yeah, there are so many ways, so many ways. So some of the best ways to get involved are to just stay informed and to help others become informed. And so, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, thank you for your time. Like, please feel free to share it with others, um, help spread the word, support organizations that are trying to progress these efforts to save reefs, you know, implement marine protected areas, move forward reef restoration techniques, support scientists and institutions that are trying some of these creative, innovative solutions that we'll talk about in the seminar. Um, There are direct ways you can get involved. So if you're a marine enthusiast or a diver, you can actually get involved in citizen science efforts. If you're proximate to coral reefs, there are many reef restoration efforts that depend heavily on citizen science divers to help them actually outplant corals onto reefs. And so they're very grateful for that support. If you, again, are proximate to coral reefs and want to engage Um, You can choose to donate to these organizations and then you can choose, you know, within the boundaries of your own life and your own home to make choices to live more sustainably, to choose plant-based meals, reduced food waste, um, choose sustainable sources of seafood. All of those personal actions in your household scale to ultimately reduce carbon dioxide emissions, reduce pressure on the global climate system. And all of that feedback feeds back into easing pressure, not just on coral reefs, but on, you know, these biodiverse like ecosystems as a whole worldwide. 
we need to give him a chance, just as you say. Uh, Rebecca Albright, what a pleasure it's been to talk with you. I hope that we can have you back sometime. I know you're going to be speaking at the Smithsonian Associates presentation Thursday, April 15th, but this is an important subject going forward. Uh, I know our audience is going to be really interested, so perhaps I can I can lure you back at some point here in the future and we can have an ongoing conversation about this because um, – I think a reminder is great, and I think as people start to consider this, learning more about how to do it, the various uh, protection means, the habitats, all of the work that you do, I think will be vital. So thanks for your time today, and please consider coming back and joining us. Oh, thank you so much for having me. This has been wonderful. My thanks to Rebecca Albright for her generous time today. Smithsonian Associate Rebecca Albright will be presenting at the Smithsonian Associates Inside Science Interview Program April 15th, 2021. More details will be available in our show notes today. The title of Rebecca Albright's presentation is Coral Reefs, Creative Solutions for Oceans in Crisis. My thanks to the Smithsonian team for all they do to support the show. My thanks as well to you, my wonderful Not Old Better Show audience. Please join me next time. Be safe. Be healthy. I hope you're listening today as you're waiting in line for the vaccine. And remember, let's talk about better. The Not Old Better Show. Thanks, everybody.